absolutely. It depends on the uh, COR of the flagstick, so the Coefficient Restitution flagstick. In U.S. Opens, I'll take it out, and uh, every other tour event, when it's uh, fiberglass, I'll leave it in and bounce that ball against the flagstick if I need to. Welcome back, podcast patrons, to another episode of Leave the Pin Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Dan. Special episode this week, episode 82, is focusing all on the Players' Championship. Some of you call it the fifth major. Some of you just call it the biggest event that the PGA Tour puts on each and every year. We know for a fact it has the strongest field in golf and is always a fantastic tournament to watch. Two years ago, it switched over from May to March, giving us basically an enormous event, quote-unquote a major event, every single month all the way through the end of the summer, culminating with the PGA Tour playoffs. This week on the pod, we've got special co-host Taryn Gregson from the PGA Tour, the takeaway, as well as the good, the bad, the unusual, all under the PGA Tour umbrella. She's a PGA Tour super host, super woman, if you will, and our own leave the pin, Derek Jones, our man golfing with dad. So sit back and relax and get all the insights you need, as well as who's going to win the player's this coming week, Derek and I are going to be there live. We're going to be doing a ton of content, a ton of Leave the Pin branding out there, and maybe we'll have some special guests stopping by the Instagram account. So go out and follow at Leave the Pin. Check out our merch store online. Follow Derek at LTP underscore golfing with dad and at golfing with dad. And of course, check out our co host, Taryn Gregson at Taryn Gregson. Enjoy the episode. All right, people, we've got Taryn Gregson here, a uh, longtime friend of the pod. She was actually on one of our first pods ever, which has been kind of lost to the ether as we switched over to a different podcast hosting site. Uh, you know Taryn from PGA Tour. You've seen her all over Instagram. Uh, she's one of the announcers there and newly married, upcoming pregnancy. She's got a lot going on, and she's going to be spending all week at the Players, one of her home courses there. Uh, down in Ponte Vedra outside of Jacksonville. Taryn, how's everything going? Oh, everything is great. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, it's a busy year in the Gregson household as we prepare for our first baby. And of course, players is always a crazy week for us, but we love it. So the biggest news obviously coming out of it, and I, I think a lot of people saw this coming possibly. Um, I know I had my trepidations in the beginning but Tiger's skipping it this year, not playing. Uh, what do you know about it? What do you think about it? What can you tell us? I, I mean, just as you said, it, even though, you know, he hasn't played since the Genesis Invitational, didn't tee it up in, in Mexico for the World Golf Championship, didn't tee it up for Arnold Palmer Invitational, it was still kind of a shock to hear the news, right? I mean, um, you just really were hoping and thought that he would be at the players championship but like like you alluded to it was kind of trending this direction since we haven't seen him in a while and he basically released a statement through his agent you know Steinberg saying that he was still experiencing back stiffness and wasn't ready um Jason Day WD mid-round from the Arnold Palmer Invitational due to back pain it is debilitating um if you aren't if you're not healthy, if you have that back pain. So if he is not feeling ready, then he, I, we all completely understand why he can't go out there and play because if your back's not right, you can't play golf. 
Yeah, especially on the the length of the courses are now, and you know it. He can't just dink it around there. It's not a course where you can just you know hit six, seven irons off the tee and put yourself in position. I mean, you need to drive the ball well. You need to drive the ball straight at Sawgrass. Um, do you think the players switching to March had anything to do with his decision? I know it's the second year in a row, but part of me thinks like, well, if it was still in its original. Um, you know, time frame, then maybe the weather's a little bit better. Maybe he's a little bit looser. Maybe he feels there's going to be a little bit more run out. So he kind of gives it a go. You think that has anything to do with it? No, I really don't. Um, I think it's all situational in the moment for Tiger. I think that, you know, given his age and his health, he's just kind of playing it um, week by week. You know, he originally, he likes to wait until the last minute to commit, but um, you know, he's definitely been holding true to that in the past few tournaments because he's really just playing it week by week to see how he's doing is what it seems like. So, um, you know, yes, it's now it's still early in the season. So he I would assume is trying to, you know, be smart about it and make sure that he is playing at his healthiest so he can continue to finish out the season. Um, so so I think that it has more to do with the fact that it's early in the season and less to do with, you know, the fact that the tournament itself has moved. Um, it's just, you know, not great timing for him in particular with how he's feeling right now. Yeah. And I, I guess the, uh, the big thing is if he, if he goes out and places high at the masters again, or, or let's say wins, because that's, I mean, let's be realistic. It's, it's four times a year that honestly matter at this point in his career, which is going to define him. And if he goes off and does the same thing that he did last, last year, you know, what we're talking about now is, is completely forgotten. No one cares about it all. Yeah. I mean, I think that fans just really want him to listen to his body and play it smart. We've seen him try and come back um, earlier than, maybe in hindsight he should have so I just and that didn't work out very well so I think that everyone's pleased with him and at this point we're all just grateful to see him continue his career and you know like you said he's chasing those majors but he's also chasing win number 83 right now which would make him the winningest player of all time so we want to see him reach that <laughs> reach that and break that record so um, we're willing to kind of sit back and say, Hey tiger, you do what you need to do. Oh, for sure. Uh, I think every single person in the world would agree with you. Um, second year in a row. Now we're in March at the players a little bit early, a little bit, uh, cooler. If you will, we kind of see the weather at, at Arnold Palmer this week being a little bit brisk. What are your thoughts as being a, being a long-term, uh, fan, being a long-term PJ tour employee and kind of having the tournament, um, move to March. Do you like it in March? Do you like it better when it was in May? What were kind of your thoughts on that? Selfishly, I like it better in March because it's <laughs> always so hot out there in May. It never failed. It was always like the first week that it was in the 90s whenever the Players' Championship came around. And it was like almost unbearably hot to be out there, you know, working as a broadcaster. So selfishly, I enjoy the 70 and 80 <laughs> degree temperatures a lot more. Um, and I do enjoy it at, at this point in the schedule. I, I honestly really enjoy the schedule as a whole. And I'm not just saying that, you know, because I work for the PGA Tour, I'm saying that more as like a sports fan in that 
Um, you know, others, other sports have a more condensed schedule. Um, they have a clear uh, regular season that leads into their playoffs. And I also like that that means that we are, you know, we have our own month in August, golf does, and that that's when the playoffs are. So because of the move that allowed for all of the rest of the pieces of the puzzle of the golf schedule to fall into place. And I just think it's better as a sport in general, and it aligns more with all the other major. Yeah, well, one of the things, you know, everyone complained back yeah, two years ago when it was kind of announced that the PGA was going to switch, the players was going to switch. But if you look at the schedule, I mean, starting in March, you have an enormous tournament once every single month all the way through the exactly. summertime. Like, and what's better than that as a sports fan or even as a golfer to be able to say, okay, look, I've got this one tournament in March and April and May and June, July that I've got to kind of peak for and then everything else is kind of gravy i mean it really sets the schedule up in a a very entertaining way like you said leading into the playoffs it does and then just from like a the course standpoint and the conditions of the course um i actually more relating it to actually the weather conditions i think that it's it's just even a bigger test for these guys which as a golf fan i like that you know i want to see these guys tested at these big tournaments at a tournament that has one of the strongest fields in golf I want to see that test so um you know the weather's more volatile the winds are up um you know I I just think it's overall makes the tournament itself better I mean we even saw last year Rory McIlroy went on to win it on Sunday in some pretty adverse conditions out there it was rainy it was windy um, and he got it done, and that was exciting to see. Um, this week, we're actually, it looks like, if the weather holds, um, up for some really pleasant weather here at the, at the Players' Championship. So we'll see how that plays out, and, um, you know, it's still going to be windy this time of year, though, no matter what, where that's not necessarily true in May. Um, you know, it can be a little bit more of that humid, dense air that you get in the summertime here in Florida. So um, I just think that it makes for a better test. I mean, you're going to get tested no matter what out at TPC Sawgrass, but um, it makes it even more difficult. You referenced Rory winning last year, which, you know, moving to March, I don't think the PGA Tour could have asked for a better champion. But what was awesome is the way that this tournament brings so many different styles of play together. You had Jim Furyk, finishing one off, you know, basically almost 20 years Rory Sr. Oh, that's such a great story. That was amazing. Yeah, it was fantastic. And then you have young guns like Eddie Pepperell, Jonathan Vegas came kind of out of nowhere, Um, Tommy Fleetwood and and DJ. So kind of like your long bombers. And everyone found a spot within three strokes of the lead. Who are you looking at this year that might be last year's Rory McIlroy to take away the, uh, the championship? Uh, what about this year's Rory McIlroy? <laughs> oh, that's a great point. <laughs> I mean, the guy has five straight top fives right now. I don't know if anyone is playing more consistent and better golf. Um, MJM is obviously playing fantastic golf um, right now as well. Uh, one last week is doing well at Bay Hill. Um, so I like 
I like those guys. I think it'll be interesting to see how some of these young guys do as well. Scotty Scheffler is making his Players' Championship debut. He's played phenomenal rookie golf, and he's also in contention at Bay Hill at the Arnold Palmer Invitational. So um, those are some cool, like a, a good mix right there. You know, you got your your star in Rory, and you have some of your up-and-coming guys like Sung J.M. and Scotty Scheffler, even a Victor Hovland and Colin Morikawa. It'll be interesting to see how these guys uh, do when faced with TPC Sawgrass for the first time. Yeah, and obviously always one of the strongest, if not the strongest fields in golf. Um, and the cream always kind of seems to rise to the top. So you are obviously someone that knows the course inside and out. What do you see as the keys to winning this week coming up? Um, if the wind holds up like it is at the Arnold Palmer Invitational, you know, just managing that and um, making sure you're hitting your spots out here while battling the wind, which, you know, that's what, in my opinion, TPC Sawgrass is all about, is hitting those spots that Pete Dye wants you to hit on the course. Like, that's how you just have to, okay, how would Pete Dye want me to play this hole? Here's where the trouble is. Here's where the safe spots are. Um, it's not necessarily about how, how far you're hitting it. It's about where you're hitting it out here at TPC Sawgrass. So this course management and managing the weather I think are going to be the two keys for, for players this week. Right. And whoever can do that best is going to take home the largest payday in tour history, uh, 2.7 million. Am I correct? I believe that is correct. Yes. Yeah. With a $15 million purse, that's, that's up two and a half mil from last year. I mean, so, you know, the players is, is really not that it hasn't already made its mark on the PGA tour, but it is positioning itself as um you know one of the biggest tournaments of the year uh so i'm going to get you out of here on this Terrence. i know you're a super busy woman and, and again we are more than thrilled to have you on for our preview episode what's your favorite thing about the tournament and about tpc sawgrass i haven't been there and, and derek and i are going to be there oh, this coming week love it. Um, yeah, I, i'm psyched Yes, you're going to love it because it's really, in my opinion, a great mix of a a great mix of a party atmosphere and phenomenal golf, right? So everybody likes the Waste Management Phoenix Open because of that party atmosphere. No one replicates it in the way that they do, but it's known for a good time. Well, you know, a lot of other tournaments out here are known for the test of golf how good it is, how um, plugged in the fans are to what's happening out on the course and in golf in general. Well, you get a good mix of that out here. You have a lot of people that are out here enjoying it and having a good time, both from a party standpoint and with their families from a family standpoint. And then you have, you know, so many people that are true diehard golf fans that are out there enjoying golf. So you really get that full mix of people having a good time, but they're out there for one reason for the golf. So um, that is just really cool. And it's not an atmosphere like you've seen before. And I think part of that is due to the setup of the course and the stadium golf viewing that you're getting at TPC Sawgrass that you can just, you know, stand on one spot and virtually see multiple holes at a time. You don't have to hike acres uh, to, to see the whole course. It's um, all kind of compact in a way that sets up for great fan viewing. So it just makes for a really awesome 
fan experience and um, that translate, I think, to the golf product that you're seeing on the course and on the broadcast as well. So it's just, it's really neat. Um, it's one of my favorite tournaments out there. And I think it should be a bucket list thing for sports and golf fans alike. Um, they'll really enjoy it. And then I think what's also really cool this year um, is some of the some of the activations that are happening around the tournament. I love hands down Tuesday at the Players Championship is my favorite day because they have the concert on 17, which is just really cool. Like unlike anything you've ever done, experiencing a concert here in the Highland Green, and that's all wrapped in the military appreciation ceremony where you get to see military members sworn in taking their oath to, the, to defend the United States of America. It's just really cool and it's really moving and there's always a flyover, so much stuff involved. And it's just, it, that's my favorite day of the tournament, of course, besides a championship Sunday. So um, I'm excited. I'm looking forward to it because like I said, the weather's looking great. So it's overall shaping up to be a pretty awesome week. Fantastic. Uh, so listen, we'll we'll bump into you. We'll see you out there. And uh, again, thank you so much for coming on. Always a pleasure having you. Yeah, thanks for having me. See you guys out there. All right, definitely. Take care, Taryn. Uh, Derek, uh, four days and we're in Jacksonville, baby, at the Players. Oh, I'm so psyched. Can't tell you how excited I am for this. We're going to go out. We're going to live the dream for three days. Yeah, I mean, it's literally every golfer's dream. We're, we're going to get up early, head to the course, uh, slap on our media badges, which not many people will have, and just kind of um, roam completely unaccosted by anybody. <laughs> yes, it, 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 it's like Christmas time for us. That's all I can say. That, that, that badge and the access and... We'll see see who we run into and see what kind of characters we can see. Fortunately, we won't be seeing Tiger or any of the grown men dressed up as Tiger kids. You know, it's it's so funny because uh, D. Lou had texted me and he said, "Hey, Tiger's out," and I I hadn't seen it yet, and I texted you that uh, right after. And uh, <clears throat> you know, my first mindset was, well, I kind of figured as much. You know, it's not the Masters. He's not going to play if he's not feeling 100%. But no joke, the next thought that I had was, I'm not going to be able to get an interview with the grown men dressed up in Tiger costumes. That, that was the most unbelievable thing that I saw at Riviera. I was like walking by and my daughter's like, look at those guys. And I couldn't believe, I turned my head and as I caught them going sideways and barely got a shot of them at the back. There were two grown men all dressed up in tiger pajamas running around chasing him. And I was like, like you said, he, at this point in his career, I was really, really surprised that Tiger Effect still as big as it is. The, the crowd that was with him and as badly as he was playing, uh, it was it was mind blowing to me. What's what's always hilarious is the fact that people outside the ropes honestly and truly believe that the pros acknowledge them like they are actually paying attention to what you are doing out there and i'm sure a guy like tiger might see you in that but he's seen everything 10 times over and i doubt anything 
shocks the man anymore out on the golf course. So you're you're not drawing his attention when you dress up like a giant, you know, six foot anthropomorphic tiger. <laughs> no, I he he's just stone faced. He we he walked right in front of us and like he didn't acknowledge anybody, anything. People are in his face, they're screaming at him, and not a single like dot of the eye. He walked right on through right into his routine and the whole time on the driving range, not, not even acknowledging anybody screaming fans all around. And you just thought that he was at home at his private club. Yeah. It's just, it's background noise to him. It's, it's honestly at this point in his career, probably just white noise. Like everything blurs together and he probably doesn't even notice anything outside of the rough area, unless he blows a ball right or something like that, you know? And even then, it's just a matter of back people up, and he steps in, does his thing, and keeps on trucking. Yeah, no, that's, that's the truth. Um, so we leave, we leave on Wednesday. So we're, we're recording this on Saturday. Uh, episode will probably come out Monday. I would assume beginning of players week we leave on Wednesday. We get in real, real late on Wednesday. And, uh, and so Thursday morning, we're going to head to the world golf hall of fame. That's going to be pretty neat. Yeah. I'm pretty excited about that part. I think it'll start us off good. We can get in, wake up, stretch a little bit, head out in a leisurely fashion. We don't have to feel like we're uh, pressed to jump up after a couple hours of sleep. Because I know by the time I get in, 10.30-ish, and we get to our our location and finally get down, we're not going to get a whole lot of rest. I'm going to be be buzzing, that's for sure. Yeah, you're going to be a little bit jet-lagged, too, I would uh, I would presume. Yeah, it's going to be an all-day event, that's for sure. I, uh, I leave here around 10.30, you know, West Coast time, and I end up in there around you know, 9.45 East Coast time, so it's... You know, it'd be a, be a 12 hour with time change and everything else uh, day. Uh, I have a couple hours uh, stop over in Raleigh. So unfortunately, I won't get to head out and see my boy Deacon. Not enough time, but um, we'll hang out there at the, the Raleigh airport, jump back on a short flight down to Jacksonville and be in and ready to ready to rock when we get there. So I'm, I'm pretty interested in the World Golf Hall of Fame because when we originally planned this this trip to do media down at the players, that wasn't even kind of on the radar. I mean, we knew it was close by, but it just worked out that we'll have Thursday open. And I did a little research online on their website, and they actually have a replica of the 17th at Sawgrass. And included in your entry is one shot with one ball at that hole. Wow, I was not aware of that. So I'll probably dunk that one in the water. <laughs> <laughs> we might have to. We might have to put um like uh, a little wager for for like a dessert at lunch on that one shot. Who knows what type of clubs or or anything it's gonna be. <laughs> and, I, and honestly, I don't even know if it's a simulator or if it's an actual hole like in their backyard. I have no idea. I just read it. <laughs> Maybe they jack some clubs from Top Golf. Maybe, maybe. Um, so but we'll go Instagram Live for that one for sure. Oh, that's a yeah, that's a given, a hundred percent. Now, supposedly there's a putting course as well there, and and um, 
And my friend Allison Flake, who runs Birdies and Bliss on Instagram and the Birdies and Bliss blog out of Houston, Texas, says that you can actually get up into the tower. And supposedly there's an you know amazing view from up there. So I'm up there. We're gonna have to ask. We're gonna have to poke around a little bit and see what we can pull out of the World Golf Hall of Fame. Uh, if they're gonna let anybody up, it'll be us. I mean, that's that's my mindset. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, so then Friday and Saturday. All day long, we're at the players. We're leaving late, late Saturday. We're we're what are we? We're both flying out at like nine, nine thirty, right? Yeah, I think that's 30, about right. Yeah, I know, I know it's late, but it's nice because then we'll be there all day. Um, so look, if you're going to the players, you know someone that's going to be there. We're going to be on the grounds. We'll be in and out of the media center. Uh, we're going to be doing a ton of fan interviews to put on future podcasts as well as Instagram. And just a ton of content for everyone out there. And I can't thank the people enough that have been DMing us back and forth of, uh, you know, are, are you excited? The players is coming. Can't wait to see what you guys, you know, film down there. Can't wait to see who you meet and all that stuff. So it's it's very cool that everyone's aboard on this journey as well and is kind of uh, excited for us. Because I can tell you I'm just pumped. I know you are pumped to get down there. Uh, it's just going to be absolutely amazing. Yeah, I look forward to bringing everyone along with us, you know, same as you said, getting the messages from people like already, you know, looking to meet up with a few cats that I've been messaging with out there. And uh, those that can't make it, you know, we're going to we're going to bring them along. We'll have pictures, video and like you said, fan interaction, interviews and, you know, pretty much any kind of crazy that we can find along the way. And, you know, a few normal people maybe, too. But, you know, crazies are much better. Well, they make for a lot better content, if you will. There you go. And uh, Derek and I will record a pod Thursday night. We'll probably record a quick pod Friday night of, of all of our musings and everything that you know we've seen, everything that we were able to partake in but maybe didn't get to take videos and pictures of. And I'm sure there's going to be just a ton of content coming out. Um, also, as you're listening to this, don't forget to check out episode 80, which is the Brent Grant interview. Um, that was absolutely phenomenal. Brent is the leading, uh, the distance leader on the Corn Ferry Tour right now. And uh, he's a just a great kid. That was episode 81. I apologize. And he's got four made cuts. He's sitting at 30th right now on the money list on the KFT Tour. Five spots out of securing a tour card. For next year so a kid i definitely think you're going to see on tour this will be episode 82 on the other end of this you've heard taryn gregson and i talk all about tpc sawgrass you know her from pga tour live the pga tour social media and instagram and then derek and i will record at least two pods when we're down there so we're we're going to be busy but I, I i'm as i'm saying all this stuff i'm wondering where we're going to sleep when we're going to sleep i know where we're going to sleep we got a house but i'm wondering when Probably not that much at all. That's my plan. It's definitely uh, it's, uh, running on caffeine, coffees, and uh, yeah, keeping it keeping it real. That's for sure. That's the truth. the The leave the pin house is is out of Jacksonville, and uh, front row parking at Ponte Vedra inside the gates. I mean, I'm not sure you can ask for much more. They don't know what they're in for. I, you know what? Part, yeah, part of me really thinks that. You know, part of me, part of me definitely 
definitely thinks that. But, uh, you know, as always, we as much as we, uh, you know, cut on the PGA Tour, we do it because we know they can do things better. And uh, and we love them to death. You know, it's it's the one vice that we kind of have is is golf and and the pro game and playing it and watching it. So uh, very excited they they asked us to go. Very excited that they put their faith in us to create some good content coming out of the players. So Derek, a lot. One of the questions I'm going to ask a ton of people down there. I'm going to ask you right now: Is this thing the fifth major? No. Do we care? Do we no. care? Not at all. I don't. I don't think it's a. It, it, no, it's not. It just is going back to the previous pod. It's just some you know writer that comes up with the idea that there's just four majors. Like yeah, it's call it what you want. It's a big tournament. It's you know the premier PGA tournament. But it, it's no. It's nowhere near another major now. Yeah, I tend to agree. You know, the only thing, the only thing that I always keep coming back to when I'm playing devil's advocate for this issue is there's no guideline. There's nothing tangible. There's no stat that says to be a major, you have to hit this, this, and this, or it needs to include this, this, and this. It's just something historically that, you know, we, we've kind of become accustomed to. Now there was a big uproar on the LPGA tour when they went from four to five and when they added the Evian. And the Evian was always a top-tier tournament that drew, you know, some of the best fields all year. And then basically the LPGA was like, look, this tournament's so good, it's going to be a major. And the LPGA actually said that this is our fifth major now. And it's kind of funny because the PGA Tour doesn't run any of the majors. So I think the reason they push so hard for it is so they have a stake Right, the Masters is obviously run by Augusta National. PGA is run by the PGA of America, which, if people don't know, is not the PGA Tour. The Open Championship run by the Royal and Ancient, and then obviously the U.S. Open run by the USGA. So I think the PGA Tour has this mindset of we supply all the players, we give them an arena to play in, day in and day out, week in and week out. We promote them, we do all this stuff, but y'all get the credence of being a major and we don't. So I think there it's kind of like that little brother syndrome where he, the PJ tour wants to be up there, but like the four older brothers are like, it's cute, dude. Like you're doing a really good job. We really appreciate it. You're adorable. Um, but you're not one of us. You still have to sit at the kids table. Sorry. <laughs> right. Yeah. You can't, you can't come. Yeah, but 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 I can have a big plate, yeah. But you can have a big plate, but it's from the kids' menu. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, yeah, you got a good point on that. I never really thought of it in that in that aspect. But um, you know, it's really to me, it's the the first really big, solid international field tournament of the year. You know, we have our big kickoff in Hawaii, but that's, you know, invite only, limited field, previous winners. Um, I, I think that, you know, and it, this goes back a little more in time, but, you know, travel used to be, this would be the first real big international tournament. The Europeans could finally get over. It's on the, the East Coast. It's short travel for them. It's, you know, in the middle. And so I think it pulled the first big field of the year now travels far different and 
you know, it's a lot easier to get around and private jet here and there and um, makes it, I guess, easier to have the international field start earlier. But and a lot of these guys now live here, too. So it's also the case. It's in their backyard. But uh, I, I still I just yeah, it's not a major to me no. Yeah, it still doesn't have like the panache of 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 an open or the history of the U.S. Open. But you know what I'm really looking forward to seeing is does it seem like it's different than a regular tour event? And I've been I've been fortunate enough to to have been at every single major except for the Open Championship. I haven't been across the pond for that yet, and I've been fortunate to be at uh, you know countless tour events and they each have their own individual feel. So for me, what I'm really looking towards is does it give off the vibe that I get at a major championship or does it give off more of a vibe of a, you know, kind of maybe elevated tour event? Um, I think watching it on TV and, and, and doing your research online can only give you so much, um, of a sense of being there. And that's why I'm really kind of interested in hitting the ground running and talking with people and seeing like, look, you know, what, what do you think? You know, what's your opinion on it and, and, and why? And that's the biggest thing. Cause like for me, this tournament has the strongest field all year, right? The masters is a low um, strength field because you get, playing champions that are well past their prime. All right, guys that that shouldn't be there and bring no world ranking points. The US Open has all the AMs and all the regional qualifiers, so that brings that down. Same thing with the Open Championship. And then the PGA, you get 20 PGA professionals, which bring that uh strength of field down as well. So the players has the strongest strength of field. So if if they wanted to hang their hat on anything approaching those four majors, it could be the fact that you all have your identities, and now our identity is the fact that we have the strongest field all year long. There's no doubt about that. I was going through the, the list. It was just released. You emailed it to me the other day, and uh, it's what I, I was really, at the end of the day, almost any one of these guys can come out on top. I mean, I, there's a few that you know, probably you know, won't, be, uh, you know, won't be there, but on, on the whole, uh, you're looking down this whole list and virtually any any one of these guys can come out on top. Yeah, I mean, and that's it, it's it's nuts because the strength that the players has is always evident in not only its winners, but in its top 10. And I think what makes it such a great tournament is unlike a bomb and gouge course. This is a course where, I mean, look at, look at the list of, of past champions. Anybody can win this. And I'm, I'm going to read off just some names from last year's top 10. And, and people listening are going to see how different they are in terms of distance, ball striking ability, putting, chipping, et cetera, et cetera. So Rory obviously won. Jim Furyk finishes second. Jonathan Vegas, Eddie Pepperell tied for third. Tied for fifth were DJ, Tommy Fleetwood, Brant Snedeker, and then tied for eighth were Hideki Matsuyama, Jason Day, who can't even walk anymore, uh, Justin Rose, and Brian Harmon. Like Brian Harmon averages 270 off the tee, and 
he's in the same group as the world number one at the time, Justin Rose, and long-hitting Jason Day and Hideki Matsuyama. It's, it's, yeah, uh, and even looking back beyond that, since I was doing a little research before, every year it's a very, it's a very similar situation. You've got the, the short guys that, you know, as long as they can place it, think about it, put it where they want it, and they don't have to hit it 240, 250 with rollout. It, it's yeah, it's going to be a real treat to get up close and see some of this action. Hey, what do you think of the the trophies? Do you like the old crystal one better, or do you like the new golden swinging player better? I'm all about crystal. I like that one too. Yeah, I'm all about the crystal. I mean, I don't know. It's it's different. It. Uh... Yeah, I, I, there's something about, and that's a little bit of the old school in me. It makes me, you know, think of, you, you know, the the elegance of crystal and versus a uh, big gold statue. Not the biggest fan of gold to begin with. So, I'd, you know, the crystal is where it's at for me. So the, the crystal went away after 2018. Rory last year, when they made the change to March, is the first one that won their new golden swinging player trophy and i mean it's it, don't get me wrong it's it's awesome i mean it's a replica of the player's logo it's very cool but to me that looks like something you'd win at a member guest tournament <laughs> except like in a, mem- in a member guest it would be gold plated like i'm sure this is like the pga tour spent like eight million on the driveway at at, at tpc sawgrass so i'm assuming this is, this is actual real gold and it's probably heavy as anything but you know what i mean like that's that's the the look that i get when i when i see it kind of cheesy a little bit yeah, yeah a little bit yeah i i like the elegance of crystal that goes back to to that's my preference. It's like you said, it's a, it's a, it's a nice statue. It has a, a great place. It fits along with the, the logo. It's just, I, I mean, I'm looking right now at a picture of Rory holding it up and his smile next to it. It's not the same as the, the crystal now. Yeah. The crystal, like you said, is a lot more elegant. And I think, you know, and, and okay. So here's another thing, right? Here's another knock on the players becoming a major. The majors have not changed their trophies for decades, right? You, you know exactly what you get. At Augusta, you get the green jacket, and then you get a replica, which not many people know. You get a golden replica of the clubhouse. At the PGA, you get the Wanamaker. You get the Claret Jug at the Open. I mean, the oldest championship in, in golf. And then at the U.S. Open, you get the, the U.S. Open trophy. Um, you know, with the... the um, it's not the Statue of Justice, like the angel with the wreath on top. Uh, everyone knows that because they've been around for years. And so if you want to add legitimacy to your tournament and you want it to be, you know, up there with those, how, how are you just going to up and change the trophy? Something that people were used to. Now you're giving them this, you know, and I get it. They call it the gold standard and they made it gold. But I mean, come on, the play on words is a little bit too much for me. Yeah, I... I... Yeah, no, it's it, it's not gaining traction in my house. And I can I can I can see why I can definitely see why we're on the same page for that. Um, the players is is getting in on the coronavirus. I don't know if you saw this. This was I, I, I know you didn't. I didn't forge you the email. I apologize. So we'll talk about it now. So we get an email 
from PGA Tour Communications from uh, from Panavidra. And basically, they're letting you know everything's okay. They've added 120 total hand sanitizers around. And I'm going through it. And, and I mean, look, people, it's, it's common sense. Wash your hands. Don't cough and sneeze on people. And everyone's okay. Um, however, this one is pretty funny. It says, will fans, this is a Q&A section. And it says, will fans' interaction with players be limited? And the PGA Tour's response is, not as a matter of policy. However, fans should be aware that out of an overabundance of caution, some players may decline to sign autographs. That would really suck if you were a kid and you get the chance to see your favorite player walk past and you ask them for an autograph and they don't want to do it because of this. Uh, yeah, I, you better watch out with those hand sanitizer stations around. Somebody's going to jack them. Have you seen the cost of a bottle of Purell on Amazon? <laughs> Hey, do you think we might be able to pay for this trip by stealing like 10 or 12 of those hand sanitizer stations? It's highly probable. You know, 20, 30 bucks a bottle. Listen, if you're at the players, don't be surprised if every single hand sanitizer station has to leave the pin sticker on it by the weekend. Uh, <laughs> there's no doubt about that. But yeah, going back to that. Uh, I don't, I mean, yeah, it's highly possible. You never know. There's a lot of germaphobes out there and, you know, the players, you know, there's a whole array of people who are players that out there and I'm sure a few of them are germaphobes. I mean, go, I, on Monday, I played in a event here over in Seacliff uh, and uh, me and my partner, we get to the first tee and we're paired up with this other other group and we come up to shake hands with them and say good morning and introduce ourselves. And uh, the younger, so father, son, the younger guy looks at me and he says, nah. Like, <laughs> stuck my hand out and he just looks at me and is like, nah. I, I, I don't shake hands anymore. And I was kind of like, alright, I was kind of blown, blown away. I'm like, really? And so my partner, he's funny dude, he's just like, what? Coronavirus bother you? And he's like, well, 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 actually, yes, it does. I'm like, really? I got my glove on, number one. So, if you, yeah, and number two, really? And he wouldn't even fist bump. His dad fist bumped. He, he was like, nah, nah, I ain't, I ain't not even touching anybody. I was like, all right. So, the round ended, hit the 18th hole, and uh, I looked at my partner, and I'm like, well, they're not going to shake hands anyway, so we're out, right? <laughs> He's like, yeah, let's go. I like, see you guys, and we just rolled out. I was That's like, hilarious. It was kind of a strange situation. I'm used to like walking up, shaking hands, introducing myself, and you know, at the end of the round, take your hat off, shake the hands, and we we're just like looked at each other, and I'm like, he's not gonna shake hands anyway, and they were already walking away. So I was like, well, yeah, all right, we're out of here. That so, is uh, absolutely amazing. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's affecting. Yeah, every aspect of people's lives in a way. But to me, it's I, I don't know. I'm young. I'm healthy. I don't. You know, I figure I've got a decent immune system. If I get sick, I'll fight it off. I mean, at least I hope that's the case. Um, get the virus, build the antibodies up, and move on. Keep the keep the things flowing. But I, I yeah, I'm not. It's not real big in my head about this this coronavirus, even though it's all over the place. Uh, I don't have that major concern. Yeah, I think just just out of uh, you know 
public safety they they probably felt like they had to put it up. But I mean, let, let's let's go back to those hand sanitizing stations. How much do you think we could get for one of those? <laughs> Well, it's a bigger bottle than they sell it on Amazon, so I'm sure it's got to be double. You know? and, and and what if it's actually like PGA Tour logoed or or the Players Championship logoed? Oh, dude! Now we're now we're hitting like yeah. You thought your uh, action figures on eBay were something of value? This that's a that'd be huge. I might I'm not sure even. It's got to be a hundred bucks at least. Yeah. Oh, easily. And 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 we'll lowball it. We'll do seventy five, or you know what we can do? We can we can steal them all, and then hang outside the merch shop, and then just tell people, "Hey, go in and buy me that hat. I'll give you this whole bottle." <laughs> trade trade it for official merch. That's it. That's it. We'll we'll have people, you know, buying us our souvenirs. I, I want the bottle opener. I want the Seamus <laughs> bottle opener. <laughs> I can't wait to uh, to get into the merch shop, and we actually get a discount being media, which is pretty cool. I've not had that at any other tournament uh, before, so yet another way the PGA Tour is taking care of us. But I'm really looking forward to, to some of their designs. Um, I went online actually because I get into, you know, obviously people know sometimes I'll fall into a golf wormhole, and I'll go into a merch shop and see literally 10 or 15 things that I want. And I have to remember to myself that you've got to pack this. Like, you've got to get this on a plane somehow because my wife would be pissed if a day or two after I get home, a package shows up from Ponte Vedra Beach and it's filled with merch from the players. Uh, mine too. I'm, I, I'm, I was already, you, you sent me that email and told me we get 20% off and I was already like, Man, my wife's going to shut the card down on me, that's for sure. <laughs> I just keep thinking we can get we can buy 20% more. <laughs> I'm not even looking to save money. That, that's that, that, you see, you great minds think alike. That's the problem. <laughs> that's the exact same problem. I, I was thinking the same thing. I'm like, well, if I get 20% off, that means I'm going to be able to buy something else that I wouldn't have bought before. So, oh, yeah, gosh. it doesn't save you anything in the end. <laughs> no not at all it's better for them Um, for us yeah well yeah much better for them and you know what sucks is when sunday comes and goes right all that stuff just ends up online anyway like ends up at uh playerschampionship.com or the players.com whatever it is and uh you know you can buy stuff from last year at a deep deep discount so, so much of me is just like, you know what, if there's one thing and it's like a must-have, it's the coolest hat I've ever seen, or the coolest t-shirt I've ever seen, and there actually is a hat. I saw one, um, the player's Instagram account had posted a story of some things inside the merch shop, and I was like, oh, if I see it, like I'm going to have to buy it if it fits well, because I know it's going to sell out. But part of me is like, you know what, I'll just wait until July when this stuff is 40% off, and then just get it basically at half price online. Well, is that 20% discount going to come with a discount code we can use online? No, I think uh, it, it's just with your media badge. Uh, I thought maybe so, we could stack discounts and wait for the, the blowout. Yeah, that would be phenomenal. But I doubt <laughs> it. It's just, it's just usually showing them the media badge and then they hit a button. They're like, all right, you get 20% off. But honestly, it's all volunteers anyway. So half the people have no idea how to even ring you up. 
And they paid her to do that too. Yeah, exactly. I can, oh my God. Yeah. Would, hey, we got to talk to some of the volunteers down there as well. Cause I've volunteered for, uh, well, this was back when it was a nationwide tour, but corn ferry tour events for a few years. And back then it was decent. It was like 25 bucks and it got you a polo, a hat and tickets to every day of the tournament, as well as food whenever you were working. Um, but it gave you a badge so you could always get food at the volunteer stand because they never knew if you were working or not. You know, there's so many people running around like ants. But nowadays, it's it's like a hundred bucks per tournament, and and I bet you the players is even more. I looked at the the reason I know this. I looked at the U.S. Open uh, volunteer, and I think it's hundred and sixty five dollars to volunteer for the U.S. Open. Good lord, like USGA, yeah. you know I'm in love with you, but that is nuts. I mean, that's yeah. nuts. You can't see here. Look, here's the bottom line. You can't run a professional event without the thousands of volunteers, let alone a small mini tour event, not to mention the U.S. friggin open, which has the most volunteers. So every, you know, one year, everybody should get together and be like, you know what? We're not paying that and see what happens. And I guarantee these places change their tune very quickly. Yeah, yeah. There's, I, I was, I, I'm like you, and I go to the events. I was at Riviera, and I was talking to the volunteers. And uh, one of the guys I was on, uh, I believe it was the fourth hole, and uh, the guys are walking up, and my daughter was with me, so you know the kids always attract attention. And he starts talking to us and tells me that yesterday he got his seat stolen. Someone stole his chair. And he's like, you know what? I pay to be here, and still somebody stole my chair. And I was like, your own personal chair? He's like, yeah, my own personal chair, so I can sit in this spot right here because I'm here all day. And someone stole my chair. And I was just like, wow, really? And he's like, oh, yeah, we pay to do this. And so that brings it back to the they actually pay to be there. And he's like, hey, can you believe that? He's like, I, I'll believe anything nowadays. Yeah, that sucks. I just envisioned someone sitting up at the clubhouse at, at Sawgrass going, dude, someone stole our hand sanitizers. Like, can you believe somebody took those? <laughs> and we're, we're hiding our bags behind our back. Yeah, I'm just going to go on record as saying right off the bat, it wasn't Derek or myself. So go look somewhere else. <laughs> uh all right, hey, before uh, before we wrap this up, who do you think is going to win? If you were to pick a winner and put some money on it right now, who's your choice? I'm going back and forth because I'm a West Coast guy. You know, I like Shoffley. I want him to finally show up, win, you know, something big here. But uh, you know what? I... If I had to pick one guy, I think I might as much as, you know, he, he won a lot recently. I'm going to have to go with Molinari. He's been up there. He's been in the, the right on the edge quite a few times in the past, and he might just go over top this time. That's an interesting pick. That would shut Paul Azinger up a bit because obviously having a PGA Tour win is the only thing that matters to him. So um, that's interesting, Molinari. I like that. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with a former champion, and I'm gonna go with Ricky Fowler. And I've got this theory that Ricky is not going to win a major ever, and I feel like he's gonna end up with nine to ten wins, and either two to three players, 
and he's going to get into the Hall of Fame because of those player championships, and it's going to cause this enormous uproar, and people are going to, you know, bitch and complain because he never won a major, and, and you know, the mindset is it's kind of like you have to have 15 wins, 15 to 20 wins, and either a major or two or, like, a major and a player's. But I feel like Ricky's going to get in because people will see him as having a big impact to the game. And when they look at his numbers, they're going to be like, wait a minute. This dude only won nine or ten tournaments, but he's got three players' championships. And the PGA Tour is going to be like, yep, he's in. He's in. He's a Hall of Famer. He's our guy. He's our he's guy. Our, right, right. Like, they're so willing to crown Rory. They're so willing to crown Ricky. Um, and honestly, you know, he seems like just a great down-to-earth dude. Um, who does a lot for the game. I'm not knocking him. I just don't think he has the game uh, to win a major. Now, with that being said, he probably goes off and wins the Masters and the PGA this year, and I look like a moron. So it's it's whatever either way, you know? I know. That's that's kind of where I was with Francesco. I'm like, you know, I think he, he had the time off after, you know, not winning a whole lot last year. He, in the end there, he gets the, the break finally regroups himself back in together and he, he's been right there in the top 10 quite a few times. And I don't know. I, it's kind of a, a little bit of a dark horse because I mean, we're not supposed to root We're there is, you know, impartial, whatever, but I, I'm going to root for Shoffley as much as I can. That's, I, that's the West coast boy. He um, does a lot with Goat Hill, does a lot with the charities in the area here in uh, Southern California. He's big on getting the kids back out there. And, um, you know, I support him and, and all that. And I think he's a, a good young role model for these kids. But um, I think at the end, I don't, yeah, I'm a, I'm, my pick will be Molinari, though. Yeah, I like, I like that pick. I'm going to go with a secondary pick of Morikawa because, you know, he leads the PGA Tour now in cuts made, so he's always around on the active player cuts made. Excuse me. Uh, he's always around on the weekend. I do feel like, personally, he's the best of the young three of Hovland, Wolf, and him. Uh, not to mention that you know he came on the pod for an Instagram video during the Wyndham and was, was so gracious in letting us follow him around uh, during that round and kind of interacting with us and giving us his thoughts during the round, or during the practice round. So big, big fan of his, regardless if I'm media or not, just a big fan of him as an individual and a, and a human being. So Ricky first, and then if not, I would love to see Morikawa. But I like the Shoffley pick a lot because, um, again, another young dude, like San Diego guy like you mentioned. So that's, uh, that's pretty cool, and especially because you've got a connection to what he's giving back to the golf community out by you. I like that a lot. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, that's my boy, the young young guns. So, um, and he like Marikawa, you said he's a he's a really solid person. So, great player, um, not a bad pick at all. So the next time that that we speak, uh, it's Jacksonville takeover is going to be at the Leave the Pin House. That's yeah, I can't wait. I am so excited. It's uh, good times. Good times are coming. Just All right, people. I mean, you know what to do. Follow us on Instagram. Make sure you're following the stories. Set an, an alert. That's what I would do. I would set an alert every time we post and every time we put a story up uh, for myself at Leave the Pin, 
or Derek at LTP underscore golfing with dad and at golfing with dad. We're going to bombard you with a ton of content and information, uh, interviews, podcasts. It's going to be a very busy week for Leave the Pin. Uh, anything else before we go, bud? No, nah, not much here. Um, you know, if you guys got some good restaurant suggestions, someplace open late. We're getting in late, so we're going to need that uh, Wednesday night refuel. Uh, hit me up on the DM and let me know. Besides that, we'll see all you guys out there that are in Florida. If you're not there, turn your notifications on. Make sure you're ready because there's going to be a lot coming. All right, people. So either get busy golfing or get busy dying. Thank you.